Hello, my name is Darren Steele, and I'm your host of the Living Out Podcast, where queer thought leadership meets personal growth and social justice. Now, in my work as a life coach, I help gay men live out their unique and vital role in society to lead others in creating a more balanced, evolved, and humane world. Let me open by asking you a question. Do you think that actions speak louder than words? You've probably heard that expression a thousand times, right? Actions speak louder than words. But do they? Hold your thought, hold your answer in your mind, and let's see what happens. So on the weekend, I published a newsletter for my publication on Medium that's called Think Queerly. And I want to speak about it because I think it's really important, not so much what I wrote, although I do think some of what I wrote was pretty important. Come on, let's be honest. (laughs) But when I write a newsletter on Think Queerly, I'm usually pulling together a number of articles that have been published. Maybe there's some by myself, but there's definitely articles that have been published by other contributors to the publication. And it just seems like there was a a confluence or not so much an agreement, but a lot of content that was happening that was speaking to things I was thinking about and things I was seeing. And I titled it Standing on the Edge of the Precipice and How We Can Bridge the Gap with a Queer Path. Because what I've been seeing, what you've been seeing, I'm sure, is especially online and in the news, how much upset, how much anger. There's war, homophobia, oppression. People who have power are doing everything that they can to hold even more onto power. And this power grab is also going in a direction that's very dangerous. It's going first into maybe populism, and then it's moving towards fascism, what we're seeing in the United States. It's going towards dictatorship in other countries where, you know, they're literally trying to have military coups. And when this kind of radical fear and holding onto power happens, somebody is going to get othered. And right now, it's anyone that's LGBT. Q. So it's very easy to get upset, very easy to read the news and your heart starts beating faster. And I can only speak from my own experience. It's quite a few years ago, I used to read the news pretty much first thing. And now I read very little news. And when I do read the news, I skim very carefully, very quickly and decide what's worth my time so that I can manage the information. Just in general, there's so much information. I don't want to be distracted by a lot of unnecessary information, but I also only want to have to focus in on what what do I absolutely need to know? And I guess in a sense, choosing my own battles. What am I going to talk about? What am I going to share here with you? What kind of work am I going to do in my own life that I hope will make a difference in the world? So I've been noticing myself and realizing that I'm reacting much less because I'm not always being triggered. And I am giving myself this distance to be able to take information in with care. And then I can manage myself and my emotions and thus have a response instead of a reaction. So I wonder, like, how is this working for you? How are you finding reading the news lately? Or 
watching what's happening on Twitter or Facebook, or if you've said something on one of those platforms and been attacked, how did that feel? How did you handle it? Did you feel uh, confident, happy with your response? Do you feel any kind of like guilt for maybe how you responded or things that maybe you've said in the past? I've, I've felt all of those emotions and more. So, you know, just in the last week, we saw an attack on Jesse Smollett, the uh, gay black man who's in television in the show Empire. And we saw, as an example, in the media, and even various groups of people that didn't see the whole picture. They either saw this just as a homophobic issue, or they saw this as a racist issue. But these are two things. This is a gay black man in America. I mention this because these categories, these ways in which we categorize things really cannot be separate anymore. And it's been this way for a while that they should not be and cannot be separate. But people don't want to see it this way. And all of this sort of came to a head and I thought to myself, this rhetorical question that I opened up with to you, do actions speak louder than words? Now, what we think is what we intend, okay? Because when we think, we're creating. Our thought process makes something creative. The creativity could just be a thought. But when we speak out loud our ideas and intentions, our words initiate action. Someone responds or reacts to what we say. What we say could be for our own inspiration or it may be the inspiration that someone else acts upon. So to answer the question, what I believe the answer is right now, it's like, yes, of course, actions, in a sense, are the manifestation of words or thoughts. But what I'm seeing in the world today is that words are speaking louder than actions because the actions of hatred and violence have always been with us. And that changes and it becomes worse or better with what's happening at different points of time in history and what country you live in and what kind of leadership. Is it very democratic? Is it very open? Or is it moving towards dictatorship or fascism? And perhaps because of social media and and how global and immediate this access to information is, what I'm witnessing is the power of words expressed to inspire and provoke the meek the followers, and I know saying the meek sounds like I'm being very judgmental, but I'm let's just use that terminology and just try and keep it for what it is. Those people who do not think for themselves, who are trapped in reaction, who are trapped in mob think, group think, and take action on behalf of someone else's words. And these meek, the followers, follow blindly, but with the intent of someone else's words. So they will fall back and say, hey, well, that, you know, really intelligent professor at University of Toronto, Jordan Peterson, said this, so he must be right. Or, well, Mike Pence and Donald Trump, they're going to make America great again. I I really think that we should go out and bash those faggots because those trans people don't have any rights in the military. Or something like that. And I am putting the onus, the blame, On these individuals in power who are corrupt, and I'm going to say corrupt in the sense of power, because what they're trying to do is a defensive posture, 
to distract the public from what it is they're really doing behind closed doors, which is trying to gain more power, trying to make more money, and keeping whoever is supporting them happy. In the case of Mike Pence, the evangelical Christian right wing, that is a small group of people, but has too much, an enormous amount of power, and they live in fear, absolute fear, because otherwise there wouldn't be such a push against what threatens them most. Two men having sex together? Two women having sex together? A human being who decides that through however they came to be born, they don't feel right with their sexual, physical body? And... How is that against the will of God, which doesn't exist anyway, because there is no invisible creature in the sky? And we as LGBTQ people and our allies, we need to listen very carefully. We need to listen between the lines. We need to listen for what is not said. And this is going to lead me into the importance of the transformation of silence into language and action in just a moment. Because it's one thing to protest and to push back against actions of violence or oppression or homophobia, racism, and bigotry. But it is quite another thing to speak up and speak eloquently and empathetically in a way with words that inspire others to change their hearts and minds. And it's not always easy. It requires a lot of mental training on your own, in my own case, to become better at this, to be more acutely aware of what I'm seeing and being able to reason it down into a way that I can hopefully talk about it and express it that might calm someone else down so that they can have a discussion. So I was recently directed to read by a good colleague of mine, The Transformation of Silence into Language and Action, a very short essay that was delivered in 1977 by Audre Lorde, the famous black lesbian poet, and I'm just going to say all round absolutely brilliant genius of a human being for her ability to write something so profound and not just observational, but but bang on. And I I can't even do justice, not only to the way in which she writes, which is so eloquent and beautiful, but having read this now three times and probably going to be something I read again and again, it, it is just simply so insightful how Audre Lorde sees between the spaces the gap of what is said and what is not said and what is expressed and what is not expressed. It's a really short read, and I'm going to put anything I mentioned in the episode notes that you can link out to and find it, but literally the hair stood up on my arms, and I got shivers, and I (gasps) gasped a couple times reading it because of how profound it was. And I, I realized that even though I'm doing something like this podcast, I still have been holding back my own voice, and it isn't that I wasn't saying things... I wanted to say it's that I wasn't saying them in a way that 
allowed me to lean into it, to lean into it like on the edge of the precipice, which is why I called that the newsletter what I did. It's like leaning into fear, leaning into risk, leaning into my truth, leaning absolutely into my authenticity. So it's kind of like a a teeter-totter, because if I go too far, I might fall flat on my face. But at the same time, and it may seem like a paradox, allowing yourself to tilt right over the edge, assuming you have a parachute that you'll land on both feet, that you'll have jumped into that chasm, that gap of possibility to be a thought leader, to be a change agent, to be most uniquely expressive of who you are and live out the best of who you are, what I keep saying, the name of this podcast. But I want to read a short quote from this essay, The Transformation of Silence into Language and Action. So Audre Lorde says, What are the words you do not yet have? What do you need to say? What are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you will sicken and die of them still in silence? Think about that for a moment. When have you held back your voice? When have you bit your tongue and not said what you wanted to say? When have you been afraid to say what you wanted to say? Was it just fear of judgment or maybe being shamed into something? Or was it actually, you know, I got to keep my mouth shut because my physical safety is at risk here? Lord goes on to say something that the visibility That visibility, which makes us most vulnerable, is that which also is the source of our greatest strength. So in other words, leaning into the gap, leaning over the edge of the precipice, taking that risk. If we are to see the change in the world, we have to be that change we want to see. We have to lean into that gap and understand why our words matter so much because right now I think it's more important than ever that our words make a difference in the hearts and minds of other people. And it's imperative that we use them in a way that will lead other people. And I don't mean in a way to lead people as blind followers. I mean lead people to think more critically, taking the time if we need to, to change one mind at a time, because you never know whose mind you might be changing, improving, and who they know, and who they may influence. You never know. It's just important to start where you can, and with what you have, and your gifts, and your unique talents to bring these changes into the world. Another way of looking at this or understanding this is that we as LGBTQ people must never blend in. I know we have fought for many rights and have have won a lot of rights, 
which in some countries we're seeing being challenged or even being taken away. The trans military ban is just one example. In the United States, the Ontario provincial government uh, repealing the uh, 2015 sex ed curriculum in uh, elementary and high schools that was inclusive of LGBTQ people. And it can be just a little bit. It might not be a complete right. It might not be taking back the ability for LGBTQ people to marry, for a gay man to marry another gay man, for a lesbian woman to wear, marry another lesbian woman, or, or whatever. It's these little breaks, these little cracks in the wall that we've got to be so mindful of. And if we blend in, I know what I'm about to say might offend some people, and that's okay. I think the melting pot idea of the United States is horrible because the melting pot presumes that everyone, gender, race, male, female, should all be mixed into one pot and blended together. And when I think about it from my perspective, that's a form of control. That's a form of political control that's trying to control the masses. Let's make everyone the same then we don't have to worry about dealing with diversity or special rights. And then we can pretend that color doesn't exist, or then we can pretend that gender and identity doesn't exist. Then, then we can pretend, and we can have our patriarchal hegemonic rule. So it's absolutely important the way I see things, that we not reinforce the status quo, that we not support the concept that there is a binary the binary is a construct of the patriarchy, of the dominant male leadership that says, man and a woman, this is the way stuff is set up, or dogmatic religions, because they're trying to create a power structure, because ultimately, the outcome of those power structures is that a man has power. Okay, maybe I've gone a little too far down this direction, so I'll come right back. But blending in is how uniqueness disappears. And the only way for us to forge a queer path, a visible queer path, one that's inclusive, is to be the way. We have to be the way. Without ideology, without dogmatic religions that are trying to control and limit freedoms of expression. Most importantly, we also need to hold people in power accountable to their word, to their truth. And those of us who are out anywhere in the LGBTQ spectrum, I challenge you to embrace your uniqueness, to be out with it, to live authentically what makes you gay or lesbian or trans or bi or two-spirited or if you call yourself non-binary. Live that out. Be that Because it is so much easier to be 100% authentically what's on the inside of you on the outside of you. That's what makes us who we are. And the more of us that refuse to blend in, that refuse to try and box ourselves into the status quo, we cannot be ignored. We will be seen and we will be heard to the point where those who might be against us We'll have to discuss. And again, empathetic leadership 
teaching people to think more queerly, teeping, teeping, teaching people how to think more critically, listening more. It's really hard to do. We have one mouth and we have two ears. And we may not want to listen to those people who are prejudiced against us. But it can be possible for us to look at prejudice and homophobia and, and find a way in ourselves to forgive that mistake that people make by forgiving ourselves and not to condone it. And I've spoken about this in an earlier podcast. Um, is it one of the gay male gifts that we can forgive homophobia? But if we come from that place of forgiveness and empathy, can we understand? And in that understanding, can we get to the root block or piece of logic or the story that that person is so tightly wound up with they're holding on to? And if we can unlock that door for them to let the light in on what they haven't seen before, that's possibly where we can create this change. And I know it's going to sound like a damper the way I'm going to end this, but I don't see much potential for us as a human race surviving much longer under such rigid ideologies and dogmatic religions and politicians, dictators and fascism that reinforce following blindly and pitting one country against another and reinforcing this subject versus object paradigm, which is this us versus them, and we're right and you're wrong, and quid pro quo, if you're going to pull out of the nuclear proliferation tweety, tweety, treaty, then we're going to do the same. And when two superpowers make those kinds of statements... Well, fuck, that's a lot more serious than gay rights, isn't it? That's an existential issue for all of humanity. But all of this is connected. Every single one of these ideas is connected. One way or another, there will be a seismic shift. And how we step together forward in unity or in discord will determine the framing of that outcome. So my challenge to you is that if you are someone who likes to scream and shout on social media and, and call other people's names when you're angry at what they've said, and trust me, I have been that person, stop it. Step back. Catch your breath. Try and understand what it is that's making you angry. Try and understand what it is that's making them angry. And when you're ready to respond, ask questions. It's the hardest thing if you've never done it before, but I've been practicing it and I'm openly sharing this because this is how I'm starting to see some change, however small. But we have to start with questions. Because in questioning someone, it takes them potentially 
out of that aggressive attack. And they may still answer you in an aggressive way. But if you keep asking questions, and if you ask questions that aren't provocative, if you're asking questions from really trying to understand, that's the bridge. That's the forging of a queer path to cross the gap. But this is, I believe, where more of us need to change our own ways because this combativeness doesn't help. And no one ever went into a discussion or had a good discussion in an argument. We have to stop the argument. We have to, dis- we have to drop the armor before we can have an empathetic and an understanding and respectful conversation. So to close out, I want to mention that I'm working on something that I'm calling Living Out Leadership, LOL for short. It's got to be sometimes a fun acronym, right? So I'm creating a small group mastermind for gay men to explore their unique and vital role in society towards the outcome of leading others and creating a more balanced, evolved, and humane world. And this is generally how I open up my podcast, right? But this is what I'm all about. And I want to work in a safe and supportive environment so that we can start working together to become change makers and leaders, leading in a very different, new, and unique way that's outside of the norm, that's different than the status quo, that by affect of its being unique might really catch people off guard and start making changes. But if this interests you, then I would invite you to go over to darrenstillcom slash coaching and set up a time to have a discussion with me, a discovery call. Let's talk about what leadership means to you and what you might define as gay leadership. Or think of it this way. If you are in a leadership position and somehow you're unhappy or dissatisfied with the work that you're doing, and it might not just be the actual work or the job per se, it might be the role, it might be the that you're not getting what you want out of the way in which you are working as a person in the environment that you find yourself in, have you thought about how you might be able to do this differently, how you might be able to act or lead in a different way? Are you leading authentically from who you are as a person, as a gay man? As someone who is LGBTQ, are you leading in a queer way, using different skills and emotional strengths that maybe your straight counterparts don't have? So until the next time, live out and live proud.